You read the Bible as if it's almost fairy tale. Ah, yeah, I know God did that back then, but it's different today. God doesn't change. <laughs> He's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that allowed the psalmist to write what was written. It's the same God. Psalms chapter 46. In your Bible, Psalm chapter 46. Turn to a favorite, I believe, of many. I know in my family, this was a verse, these are verses that we uh, clung to many times, especially while we were missionaries traveling around. Psalm chapter 46, and we're going to read in verse 8 through verse 10. Psalm chapter 46, and I'd like to ask if you could stand and read these with me, these three verses here, Psalm chapter 46, and we'll start reading in verse 8. Ready and begin. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity, the privilege it is to preach. Lord, it's not just a, a privilege, but it's a responsibility as well. Lord, I am grateful for this chapter. And Lord, just even today, just the, the challenge from it in my own life. Lord, I pray that you would open hearts and help us to learn what we can from your word. So grateful for all of the music and everything that's prepared us for today, for this evening. Lord, just pray you'd be with the rest of this. A message and uh, remove distractions, we pray. Thank you for those online watching. I pray the same for them, that you would remove distractions from their home, from wherever they may be, that they may be able to listen and learn something this evening. God, thank you so much for this day. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Psalm chapter 46 is, as I said just a minute ago, it's a very popular chapter in our home and uh, missionaries and um, it really, it comes down to verse 10, those first two words, be still. But more importantly, the words that come after it, be still and know that I am God. What a powerful statement to make. It's something that only God could make. Be still and know that I am God. You know, headlines swirl, nations rage, marriages are strained. Children stray, the storm clouds loom, emotions seem out of control, politics frustrate, governments may fail, people's choices confuse, and sin doth always abound. We often buckle under the weight of all the pressure and the, the turmoil that's around us, and in and with all this weight that comes up, we sometimes cling to these words, be still and know that I am God. It's a, more of a famous verse. We put it on posters. We write it in encouragement cards. Sometimes you're looking for encouragement on the internet, and you'll see this phrase, be still and know that I am God. We long to feel this type of deep and lasting peace, yet if we're honest... We often have trouble living up to it. It's an easy, 
an easy motto, a verse to, to, to run to, but how many of us actually can honestly say that we are still because we know that God is in, in control? We are rarely still. We rarely sleep without tossing and turning. We hardly ever live sold out that God is, is God and we are not God. Be still and know that I am God. Every year we take our teens to teen camp. Praise the Lord, the last two years we've been able to as well. And one of the, one of the highlights of camp is not even just, it, it's, it's the camaraderie, of course, being around each other. But when you listen to the interviews and you ask the teens, what's one of your favorite parts about camp? If you say, uh, you know, what's one of your top three? Almost every single one of them in their top three is going to say, I just like getting away. I just like going somewhere where it's peace, where it's quiet. And at camp, we, um, we ask that they, we, uh, we take their phones, and they don't usually work up there anyway with the service, but it's just nice to get away from all that stuff and just admire the peace and the majesty of God. And the beautiful thing about camp is it's a very beautiful place with the mountains and the river and the trees and everything around. It's just peaceful. It's still. One of the highlights as well at camp is we wake up in the mornings and we have the, the teens break up in, in, the, in the groups around the campus and they, we give them a designated time for their morning devotions where they can open up their Bible and pray. And, and, and reading your Bible and praying in your room is it's nice, you know, with four walls. If you can find a quiet place to do it, obviously that's, that's the goal. Some, for some people, it's a closet. It's just wherever you can find. But man, there's nothing like getting all by yourself out in nature and just admiring the majesty and the stillness of God and seeing him for who it is, for who he is. Now, as we consider Psalm chapter 46 today, let us see three instances in our lives that we must learn to be still and remember who God is. Look with me in verse number one, Psalm 46. Let's start from the beginning in verse one. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear so that's easy to say. Yeah, I'm not afraid, but look at the following statements. We won't be afraid, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. The first instance in our lives where we must learn to be still and remember who God is is, well, number one, we must be still through global disasters. They're global disasters. You look at this verses here. I mean, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst, I tried studying what does that mean, though the earth be removed, and everybody has a, a slightly different way of looking at it, uh, their own opinions, so what this means and what that means. And uh, honestly, it just means something bad happens. <laughs> the earth is removed. That's, that's the bottom line. And that's all that's really trying to be said here is, we won't fear God even though something awful happens in our worlds. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. I tried looking into what would happen if, our mount, if several of the largest mountains in the world got picked up and laid down 
into the sea. And nobody really has done any, any studies really on this. So if one of young people want to want to do some studies on this, you're welcome to start a YouTube channel on you know, what would happen. That'd be kind of weird. So when you do that, all I know is there's this big crave today you know, of global warming and things, and they're worried about the ice melting, right? And they say it only takes a little bit of ice to melt for several inches of the water to rise. And, and for the, and every inch, it, it, it could cause a big catastrophe is what they're saying. And if, if it just takes some ice to melt in Antarctica for it to change things in our world, can you imagine several ma massive mountains getting dropped into the sea, what that would do to our world? And basically, all that's trying to be said here is, verse 3, though the waters there roar and be troubled, you think of tsunamis and things. Now, and I began to consider today, what are some, in the year 2020, the year 2020 is just going to go down in infamy, I think. You know, not, not much... There were some good things that came, but um, I, I began to look at what are some of the natural disasters that took place in 2020. Because many of us were so busy with the pandemic, we forgot that there's other, other things out there that go on. Uh, we know very much for sure in December of 2019 is when the Australian bushfires started. And the Australian fires, I mean, this isn't just a, a once thing. It happens yearly. But man, in uh, 2020, they, they really took off. Bushfires showed no signs of slowing down or stopping. While most countries are celebrating New Year's, Australia was facing one of its biggest natural disasters. And several states called for emergency in January. I remember uh, Canadians, a lot of the Canadian firefighters were actually going down to Australia to help with some of these fires. And it was a big deal. They say an estimated 18.6 million hectares. Hec uh, acres uh, were destroyed over almost 66,000 buildings and killing uh, around 30 to 40 people with over 400 people seriously injured and some even passed away due just to smoke and uh, everything that was going on. We remember the natural disaster that took place there and uh, we also remember even in California the fires that were, well, we could see them over the haze and it was affecting our, 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 uh, our air here in Canada. Something else that took place, a natural disaster, we may remember the devastating floods in Indonesia. This was back in January of last year. Devastating floods destroyed the Indonesian's capital, Jakarta, and some neighboring areas. Many people were forced to flee their homes. The floods were accompanied by heavy rains lashing the city, causing further damage as rivers overflowed and many people lost uh, all of their homes and all of their belongings. Uh, Go 2020. How about the hurricane in the United States? I mean, there's always a hurricane in the United States, it seems like. But there were several of them that took place last year. And a record-breaking hurricane took a toll on the economy. And they say it was somewhere up to the, to the range of $60 billion in damage from just the different, several different hurricanes that took place over the year 2020. Or how about the volcano that erupted in the Philippines? The, uh, I've pronounced the Tal volcano, T-A-A-L. You know more about it than I do. It's the second most active volcano in the Philippines. It started rumbling back in January, followed by an eruption and ash, dust over 100 kilometers away. It had last erupted 43 years ago. But hey, why not do it in 2020? The volcano left huge ash clouds, which caused mass evacuations over three 100,000 people had to evacuate. On February 13th, the Natural, the Natural Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Council, 
That's a name right there. I'm going to say that again just for fun. The Natural Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Council. Do you think they'd be able to, well, they call themselves the, for short, the NDRRMC. And the Philippine Institute, basically they reported a total of almost 2,500 volcano earthquakes in the vicinity. Wow. And Philippines wasn't the only place. There was another earthquake in Turkey and the Caribbean. China, Iran, Russia, Philippines, and Indonesia. There have been so many earthquakes in 2020. Uh, if we were to categorize them all, they estimate there was almost 1,500 earthquakes worldwide just last year. And some of them, as you can see, were very, very devastating. This one here in Turkey claimed the lives of 41 people. You remember the locust swarms in East Africa and parts of India and Asia last year? Millions of desert locusts swarmed these states in India, and you may you've seen some of the videos. Some of them were pretty, uh, pretty scary, and uh, they weren't necessarily deadly to people. They didn't attack people, but on average, a swarm of locusts could eat upwards to 35, uh, eat as much food as 35,000 people could eat in one day. They could eat that in four hours. Not only do these insects breed rapidly but as many as 150 million locusts can exist in just one square kilometer at one time. How about the cyclone in India and Bangladesh? They left trails behind of destruction. Meteorologist department termed the cyclone to be an extreme severe cyclone storm. And it uh, killed several people and lost many homes. How about the next one? We have uh, the Europe st windstorm. Europe is not only one of the worst affected continents due to the pandemic, but also due to natural disasters. The continent was struck by windstorms called the uh, Ciara and Alex that cost them nearly, near, nearly $6 billion in, uh, in damages. And of course, last one here, we have the floods in India, Japan, China. Um, more to be said on this, but upwards of 30 to $40 billion of damages and destruction all over these parts as uh, floods rising as large waves and storms would cause all these different things to take place. And of course, 2020, you have to mention, of course, there's COVID as well to throw that on top. There is uh, many things that take place in our world. We consider all of the, you consider these, these two verses here. <laughs> we won't fear, though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. It's in these moments the psalm shows us that it's in these moments we are to say and remember to be still and know that he is God. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. I want to show you something. Mark chapter 4. These words, be still, don't just occur here. They actually occur seven times in the scriptures, but this one right here may be the, the, the very best, if there is a best. Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 35. It's a very famous story. You all know this story. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it's, the Bible says, And the same day, when the even was come, 
He saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. Here it is. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. <laughs> and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I wonder how many times that phrase has been said in our world. Lord, do you not even care? Jesus arose. He rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, Peace. What are those two words? Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. What a reminder for us today that when the storms are raging around us, when the world is in turmoil, and to be honest, it's always been in turmoil. Ever since the create, ever since the beginning of time, our world has been in chaos. It's been in turmoil. We see it now more in the last several decades because of television and the news. We we see more and more what's going on in the fear that's evoked. It's always been there and it always will be. Fear is everywhere, and it's in these moments is where the psalmist tells us and reminds us to be still and know that I am God. These last couple of years, specifically, our world has been turned upside down, not just by COVID, but by all, all kinds of stuff. And once COVID has passed, there's going to be more things down the road. When those trials come in your life, when your world gets turned upside down, will you be still and remember who God is? Remember that God is in the boat with you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He's there. He knows exactly what's going on. Be still and know that I am God. Not only are we to be still and know and remember to be still during natural disasters, but secondly, we must learn to be still when our comforts are in danger. When that which is comfortable to us is in danger. Back in Psalms chapter 46, look with me in verse number 4. Uh, Psalm 46 and verse 4, the Bible says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Interesting few verses here. But what's being said in these verses, uh, one commentator put it this way. He said, There is no allusion here to any particular stream or river, but the image is designed to represent a state of peace and calm, security, in the contrast with the rough and troubled ocean. While the ocean rages and foams and dashes against the mountains as if it would overturn them, the state of Jerusalem, the city of God, 
was well represented by a calm and gentle flowing river. A river full banks, of full banks, diffusing joy, fertility, and beauty wherever it flowed. This image to represent happiness, abundance, peace, joy, is one that is often employed in the scriptures. So if you will, this few verses is speaking specifically, there is a river that streams. We're considering here a place of peace, a place of comforts. Jerusalem, if you will, the city of the Most High God. Jerusalem represents our comfort zone, if you will, in this passage. And there are many times in life where our comfort zone becomes uncomfortable. What's a comfort zone? Like what's something that we, we confide in? What's something that we would want to be comfortable? You know, when the world is raging around, where do we go for comfort? And I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, at least on earth here, the number one place that when I'm tired, when I'm weary, when I'm this and when I'm that, I just want to go home, right? I just want to go home. Even when you're on a vacation a little bit too long, you just want to, I just want to go home. You know, I enjoy traveling the world. I enjoyed it. I mean, the more kids you have, the younger they are, it's not quite as enjoyable. It's still enjoyable. But sometimes you just, you love, you can't wait to just go home and, and relax. There's something about home that's of comfort. But what happens when your home is uncomfortable? What happens when your comfort zone at home gets turned inside out? And this could happen for various reasons. Maybe there's turmoil in the home. Maybe there's conflict between children and parents or parent and parents. And I don't know really what may cause your, con- uh, your uncomfortableness in your home, but man, when your family life is out of control, perhaps there's just things going on and they need to be fixed. What happens when our comfortable job becomes uncomfortable? The job that you confided in, that you love, that you are so proud of that you have, what happens when that job starts to fade, perhaps? When it starts to, maybe the pay isn't what it used to be. Maybe the hours you used to get that seem so comfortable aren't quite there anymore. Maybe a new boss comes in and he doesn't like you. And I don't know, maybe there's a, a shift in your job and there's turmoil there. What happens when our relationships are fading? Marriage, relationships between husband and wife? What about children? Like I said earlier, parents to children. What if there's relationship issues going on there? Or sibling and sibling rivalry and fightings. What about friends? Turmoil with friends. What about just within the home, as I said earlier? When our relationships are fading, when relationships, what we used to find so much comfort in are now starting to fall apart. How about when our church isn't what we want it to be? The decisions are being made we don't appreciate, and now we're the, the one place that we started to find comfort in. Something has crept up in our life, and now it's stopping us from being comfortable in the house of God. How about when our financially secure money isn't as financially secure as we had hoped? Maybe we, we thought we had nice big savings in the bank, and now we realize, wow, money, money doesn't go as far as it used to. Or I thought we had more. Or I thought we were saving more. How come we had to dip into it? What we found security and now seems to be declining. What happens when our health is declining? Some of these 
issues that can come in our life could be a result of sin. And if it's sin that's crept in, that needs to be dealt in a different way. But understand, sometimes in life, things happen out of your control. You're going to church, you're serving God, you're loving Him, and God allows something to happen in your life. Be still and know that I am God. You know, it's easy to say those words, be still and know that I am God. But it's way harder to say it when your life isn't very still. Easy to say it now when, you know, I know the world's great, you know, going, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, but maybe right now in this very moment, your life is pretty still. There's not a whole lot going on. But what happens when your life gets shaken, when it gets jarred, when something happens? That, in that moment, when the boat is rocking, we have to learn to say and be still and learn to remember that God is in control. I remember when I was a kid, I really wanted to be, well, I wanted to be everything at one point, I feel like. I feel like Titus is just like me. One minute, he want, right now he wants to be a paleontologist. Uh, just ask him, that's what he wants to be. Actually, it kind of started changing this morning now. Um, he's been heavy into dinosaurs, but now recently, it's, it's sharks. Any, anything shark-related, he loves it. And uh, I don't know, a marine biologist. I don't know what he wants to be next. It'll change, I'm sure. But there was a point in my life where I wanted to be uh, an astronaut. And it didn't last very long. But um, because I realized what you had to do to become one. I really, quickly, even as a young kid, I was like, wow, that's changing. And what happened is, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you have to be smart, first of all. So that was one reason why I didn't want to do it. But secondly, there's these actual physical obstacles you have to uh, complete to get there. You've probably all seen these before. You know, one of them is you get you sit in this, you know, this this pilot seat, and the, it spins around. The, the G four it has to hit like a certain amount of G force, and one of them is, and one of them you're in this chair, and it's spinning, you know, up and down, and you have to be able to stay focused, and you know, connect green wire to green wire and red wire to red wire. I don't know exactly what you do, but when I mean, the, and they it's. They're, they're replicating what would happen if something happened to one of your, your spaceship, you know, and you're, now you're in space and you're just going around. Do you panic? Do you freak out? Or do you stay focused? And man, your head is pounding. It's going everywhere. You're, you know, your, your balance is completely off, but you have to be able to stay focused and save yourself and save that ship. It's a real thing that could happen. And it was after watching that where I thought, I'm just going to... She's going to be, uh, I'm going to be a baseball player instead. That seems a little easier, I think. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to come back to the psalm here, but Exodus chapter 14. Oh, another famous passage, but man, it applies so well. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14. Now, this is, a, this is the story right here. Children of Israel, Moses finally, you know, the, the burning bush. He went back to Egypt. Ten plagues. Finally got all Israel with him. And now they're marching across the desert. And then Pharaoh realizes, man, what was I thinking? Should have, I don't know what I, I'm, it's probably, I don't know what, let's go back and get him. That, that's what we need to do. Army, Round your horses up. Let's go back and get them. Don't know what I was thinking. So now Israel 
they're marching, they're marching, and they come up to what? What's the big barrier in front of them? What is it? The Orange Sea? That's what I do to Titus. When he's not answering me, I'll change the word. No, Daddy, it's the Red Sea. But it didn't work on you because you're not a five-year-old, I guess, or four-year-old, however old he is. Okay, so they come up to the Red Sea. And uh, then Titus asked me the question, Daddy, why is it called the Red Sea? I said, uh, ask Lance and the Super Church later on. He'll tell you. So they come up to the Red Sea. And they're discouraged now. Oh, man, we're, we're going to walk around now. And then to make matters worse, they turn around, and now there's Pharaoh on his way there. Ah, now we can't turn around. We don't have time. We're going to die. They start complaining. They start saying, Moses, we're going to die. Why couldn't we have just stayed in Egypt? It would have been better than for us to die like this. Moses looked at the people. And in Exodus 14, verse 13, Moses, with all of the faith that he had in God, this was his response to his people. Moses said unto the people, verse 13, Fear ye not. Just, even just those three right there is very bold. Don't be afraid, everyone. I'm sorry, did he just say don't be afraid? <laughs> I don't, maybe he doesn't see the Red Sea. Moses, it's not a mirage. It's really there. Like there did you look behind Moses is saying, I, I see it, people. Fear ye not. What's those next two words he says? What is it? Stand still. Let's say it all together. Stand still. He says, stand still or be still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Now, I wonder how many people, they were calm after that. I wonder how many of those people listening thought, oh, that's a relief, Moses. Wow, thank you. Compared to the others who thought, Moses, you said some pretty weird things. And I realize I've seen the ten plagues. And all of those were crazy. Don't, I, God, God is amazing, truly amazing. But once again, Moses, I think, I think you've used up all of your tokens. Like, I don't think there's any more left. Moses, what you just said is wrong. I wonder where the balance was. But Moses, through the faith of God, looked at them and said, stand still. Or close to saying, be still. And you shall see the salvation of the Lord. What was Moses saying? Be still and know that he is God. And watch what God is going to do. When are we to be still? When the natural disasters are around us? When our comfort zone is turned inside out? But lastly, be still when wars rage on. When the wars rage on. Back to our text here in Psalm 46. In verse 8, the Bible says, Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Here it is. Be still and know 
that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Man, wars. When you think of the wars that have been going on in our world today, I mean, maybe the first couple of countries you might think of, you, you immediately, at least in my mind, I'm drawn to the Middle East. You have Afghanistan. War in Afghanistan has been going off and on since the 70s, and well, even before that. But the most recent phase began in 2001 and has primarily revolved around the United States and the UN and allied Afghan troops fighting, the Taliban insurgents. You, you know what's been going on. I don't need to go into details. But since the 70s up until now, there have been at least close to 31,000 confirmed fatalities. Just in, or that, that's just in 2020. Over 30,000 confirmed fatalities amongst all of the different countries involved in the Afghan war. Uh, the U.S., the U.N. withdrawal from Afghanistan just recently was in hopes to end part of the conflict, but in turn, I think, has made something, some parts of it worse. And without going into details, war is, is, is ongoing. You remember last year? And we were kind of close to this because of Miss Roman when she was in Ethiopia. There was a, a big raging civil war taking place in Ethiopia. And I believe there's even still remnants of it happening even now. Uh, and over 9,000 documented casualties, although they've reports that there may have been much more that were hidden from reports. We know about in Mexico, the drug war, the cartels. That, that has been going on for decades. And for the last... Since the last 15 years, they estimate over 350,000 people have lost their lives as a result of something related to these drug cartels. Wow. And this is still a heavy, huge problem that's taking place today. And there's still 72,000 people missing over the last 15 years in relation to these cartels. Yemen, civil war is taking place in Yemen that have, uh, are still ongoing even today. And wars and wars and wars and wars and wars, and there's just never going to be complete world peace. Not until God comes back. And you know what? War, it's, it's unfortunately, it's been happening since the beginning. Cain and Abel, the first two children born on earth. Uh, Cain, they were at war with each other, and it resulted in one dying. Wars have just been taking place. You read the Old Testament, it's full of God's people at war. When the war is around us raging, <laughs> be still and know that I am God. I don't know the future. I don't know what kind of wars Canada may be involved in. I think God's going to come back soon. So perhaps we don't have to worry about another world war. I don't know. Maybe God's going to postpone and not come back for many more years to come. Nobody knows. But I do know this. That no matter the circumstance, no matter the natural disasters that take place around us, no matter the comforts within us that are raging within us, that are, are falling apart and fading and not going the way that we want, and perhaps just our world in general at war with each other, the lack of peace, the anger, and the hatred that seems to be all around us. We just need some Christians today to be still and know that He is God. We need that. We need it now more than ever. Christians, 
when the boat is rocking, to remember that Jesus is just below. When we're up against the sea, to remember (laughs) that God is there and he's with us. We live in a crazy time right now. And not even just with COVID, there's still all the other normal things that take place. There's still heart attacks. There's still cancer. There's still leukemia. There's still all the other things that are taking place in our world. And there's a lot of turmoil taking place today. But you know what? Perhaps today there's somebody here or watching online that understands the first part, the be still part. You know, the, uh, to, to learn to keep your cool, to be calm, to, to try not to let emotions fly. You know, they kind of understand the be still part, but they haven't quite gotten the be still and know that he is God. Maybe you don't understand the who God is parts. Maybe you're here today and you've never really accepted Christ as your Savior. Well, I just want you to know if this is you, then just being still isn't enough. Because... Being still only will matter if you know who's in control. Learning to, a lot of people, when their, their brain is going on, they try to distract their brain. And some people go to yoga or they, they do sports, they exercise. Some people just try to clear their mind and try to be still and calm, you know, tranquil. They try to do whatever they can to still w- within them. The fire that's raging within, they try to still it and calm it. But that's just temporary going to come back stillness is only half the problem there's only half the formula the other half is knowing who god is it's being still it's having that peace in god that's how this is complete do you know god today maybe you you met him a while back but you started to forget who he was you've forgotten all the promises and the blessings of god You've forgotten what he's capable of doing. You read the Bible as if it's almost fairy tale. Ah, yeah, I know God did that back then, but it's different today. God doesn't change. (laughs) He's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that allowed the psalmist to write what was written. It's the same God. Do you know him today? I'm going to end on a lighter note here. There's a there's a song that we sing in Super Church. I bring it to teen camp. And it's a, it's a, it's a song that it, when you hear it, you usually just think of the hand motions and you don't really think about the words. And it's a very simple song. I think we all know it. The song is simply called Peace Like a River. You know that song? I got peace like a river, I got peace. Do you have peace in your heart? Peace like a river? Joy like a fountain? Love like an ocean in my soul. And the verse, the song is in reference to Jesus. When when everything is crashing around us, do we have that peace? Do we have that joy? Do we have that love that God has? And uh, just for fun, I thought today we'd uh, we'd sing that song. Just for fun. I won't make you do the hand motions. You don't have to say, uh, peace like a river in my soul, not my shoe. You don't have to say that part. But we'll sing it nice and calm in a cappella. I got peace like a river. You ready? I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. 
I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. Love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.